The Beatsy Boys, they are, they're coming home, they're coming home, oh, they're coming home, anyway, um, hi, oh, welcome yeah. to Cranked and Ranked, <laughs> um, the show where we rank artist discographies, and that's what we're doing today, we're doing another artist, I'm saying artist, I can still say band, they were a fucking band, man, um, yeah, but yeah, welcome to Cranked and Ranked, and as usual, um, my name is Old Head, but I got a new name, and that new name is Larry! Um, and then with me, as always, is Eddie Sparks. It's me. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we're here We're here to rank, if you haven't figured it out yet, the, 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 the Beatsy Boys, or the Beastie Boys. I always really liked that about them, that once... Once there was that track with Biz Marquis mispronouncing their name as Beatsy Boys, then there's yeah. all then all through all a whole bunch of songs through the rest of their career, they referred to themselves as the Beatsy Boys. And I'm yeah. just like <laughs> I almost feel like that's a that's one of those things that like you know you're a really big fan if you're if you're calling them the Beatsy Boys, because like Yeah. It's that's not their name. It's the Beastie Boys. Anyway. Um <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna be uh ranking the full discography. They're, they're eight full-length albums from least good to most good because this is another uh, discography for me where uh, there's no bad album. There's, there's no stinkers. No, uh, there's there's albums with, uh, with uh, lesser qualities, I guess. But, um, you know, it's... It's nitpicking because you know the the, and the Beastie Boys are a very important group uh, for me. We'll just jump right into this because normally we start uh, by talking about where whatever artist we're talking about came into our lives. And yeah. for me, it was 1986, and I was nice. set eight eight years old in 1986, mm-hmm. and I. Uh, I was just getting into hip hop music because right before the Beastie Boys album, if I'm remembering the timeline correctly, um, I heard Raisin Hell by Run DMC. And mm-hmm. I was seeing random hip hop stuff on TV. Mostly if, if at that point it was like there was a there was like a show that would come on access television like sometimes they would just show it in the afternoon randomly where they would show hip hop videos. And so around that time, like I had already, my, my rock, you know, influence was already there. Cause I had already discovered Van Halen and stuff like that. But yeah. 86 was a big year because it was me. All this great hip hop was coming out. Run DMC, the BC boys, LL Cool J, like all this stuff all came out around the same time. And the of course, like a lot of people, I saw the music video for "Fight to Your Right," "Fight for Your Right to Party." <laughs> um, actually, there's not even a parenthesis on that. I think it, the song is just called "Fight for Your Right." Um, and of course, like an eight year old kid's gonna eat that shit up. That was like the coolest video I'd ever seen. A really great song. Yeah. So I remember I was in the third grade and I 
um, I would occasionally, when I knew a, a new album was out that I wanted, I would write it down on a little notepad and I would give it to my mom and I'd be like, look, if you're out running errands, could you please run by the record store and pick me up a copy of this album? And a few times she she did it. One of them was was the was licensed to ill the first Beastie Boys album, and I remember like I just played the fuck out of that album and it yeah and I've been a fan of the Beastie Boys ever since they they are one of the few groups as a matter of fact out of all of the groups that and bands that we've done on this show so far they have the most potent place in my life for the longest period of time. Because wow. sure, I may have discovered Van Halen earlier, but but Van Halen wasn't a band that stuck around as one I always listened to forever. Whereas the Beastie Boys, since 1986, have been something. They've been a, a group that I've consistently listened to for the entire rest of my life, and so um, they're they're a big deal for me. And um, yeah, so third grade, Stephen, you know, discovering the the antics of. Uh, of, the, of that version of the Beastie Boys, which and we, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that album when we get to it. But so um, your you you would have been much later. But I believe that, you know, so because they did albums up until 20, 2012 was their last album. So you were fully yeah. aware of things and the Beastie Boys were still a group. So when did you yeah. dis- when did you discover them? Uh, funny. Uh, I first, you know, heard about the Beastie Boys through Futurama because there's an episode where they're in it. Yeah. And, um, but you know, because it's Futurama and it's a thousand years in the future, they're just all heads oh, in yeah. a jar. Yeah. And they've, it's, it's really funny that I remember seeing it's intergalactic. They're performing live uh-huh. on the show. Like, was it Madison cube garden or something? It's called <laughs> because, they, but it's, um, yeah, it's really funny because they're they're doing all the dance moves and stuff, but they've got people in like black suits holding their heads, just like oh, moving them around. Yeah, don't you tell me to smell like. Uh, I, wouldn't it be great if that's what actually happens? And yeah, they can revive <laughs> the heads of people. I guess that haven't been cremated. So fuck, I don't know. Well, it's it's really funny because I went back and I watched that episode. Yeah, uh, f- for this or or at least those scenes from it, and like there's an eerie thing that happens in the episode where they go uh what is it i think fry says to them i have all five of your albums and uh they say something like the fifth one was a thousand years ago now we have seven <laughs> and it's like um uh, really close yeah to the actual amount that they ended up making i mean if you if you um, count count albums with vocals on them they have seven <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is you know kind of kind of spooky, but um, yeah, you know I I I basically knew the hits yep. going into this. I'd, I'd never really done any albums ap- apart from License to Ill because of its you know high presence of rock riffs on it, and you know whenever I was in the mood for some rock driven hip hop, that album would go on. Yeah, yeah. And it's and it's one of the biggest hip hop albums ever. So you know it makes sense yeah. that you you hear you hear songs from it s- still today. Um, I guess you hear a lot of Beastie Boys. I mean, not as much as I think you should hear, but there's still a group that that you hear songs from them every once in a while. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. So so we're doing eight releases. So um, they did yes. they did seven albums with the you know full on Beastie Boys vocals and then one 
called The Mix Up, which is an instrumental album. And, you know, I, we, we, they're all full links, so we included all of them. And so we're mm-hmm. going to get through all those one one episode. We're, we're, we're slipknotting this thing where we're going to try to do the <laughs> whole thing. Um, so, yeah, I guess without further ado, because we have I say that a lot. I've, I go back and watch. Sometimes I go back and watch my videos and it's mostly just for me to correct things that I feel like I could do better. Yeah. And I notice that I always say without further ado. And it's it's almost <laughs> like a what do you call it? Where it's just like a habit. It's just a sentence that's loaded and ready to go. And yeah. and it's it's, it's like a default setting. But you know when you when you do things a lot and you start noticing it, and I'm yeah. just like, oh crap. But anyway. I know I noticed in my in my videos, like if I do something stupid or gross and I, I just go I do apologize but it's become a bit of a catchphrase <laughs> so I, I'm just doing it unapologetically now yeah um, but well, yeah well anyway there that you know we have a lot of ado on this show but without any more of that said stuff we are going to be jumping mm-hmm. into the ranking and as usual I throw it over to Eddie Sparks to start us out and so he's going to be giving you his number eight Beatsy Boys album okay so uh well, there is going to be plenty of ado in this show. <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's no real doo doo because there isn't really a, a, there isn't really a bad album. Nah, there's, you know, but something has to go last. Yep, and as a result, I've had to go with the mix up from my number eight. I I, I, I did too. We'll 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 talk about this one, but it, yeah, it's it had it had to go there. Yeah, because really, unless the Beastie Boys name was attached to it, you wouldn't really know it was a Beastie Boys album, like, because there's no vocals on it, really, apart from the odd, like, cheer interlude between the tracks. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, stylistically, it has their kind of style of beats and jazz well, especially when they you know it, because they were a band that were known mostly for their vocals but in several albums they had musical you know instrumental interludes or, yeah. or short tracks so that part you know yeah that's related to the beastie boys but you're right overall when you think beastie boys you think rappers and so yeah. there's none of that on this album there's, there's you know there's a stunning lack of lyrics for a rap album yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, but that being, yeah, yeah, I mean, and, and honestly, and I'm, I'm sure you agree that, that you, you would say the same thing. It's number eight, not for a lack of quality, just for a lack of of their voices. The boys, I guess. <laughs> yeah, the boys, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, nonetheless, I still did a track by track. Yeah. But as a, as a result of you know a lack of lyrics, I've gone down a, a very simplistic route for my track by track. Uh, so, w- without further ado. Uh, B from B from my name, mm-hmm. Groovy, Fourteenth Street Break, Funky, Suco de Tangerina, Quirky, <laughs> uh, the Gala Event, Slick, Electric Worm, Cheeky, uh, Freaky Freaky Hijiki, Smooth, <laughs> Off the Grid, kind of Rocky, the Rat Cage, Sneaky, the Melee, Groovy. Again, I was I was hoping I was hoping you weren't going to repeat any words, but okay, groovy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Dramatically different. Always love a sitar. The cousin of death, 
Sounds like Tom Morello did the soundtrack for a Netflix bin- Netflix binge-worthy crime series. Uh, and The Kangaroo Rat. Go-Go Bells. Yes. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, you know, that being said, this is a high-quality selection of instrumentals. Yeah. But, alas, it's a kind of hip-hop album without lyrics. Yeah. So, naturally, a, a, a pretty bog-standard element of their sound is missing on this one. Mm-hmm. And so, as a result, it's it doesn't really feel complete stacked next to the rest of their albums. Mm-hmm. That said, it's still good stuff. It's just, you know, it's, it's something different. It's Yeah, it's more, it would work well as a soundtrack or, or ba- something in the background, you know. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, for me, it's good. And it's another example of how insanely talented they were, and um, yes. but I, but I really do think I I I think that I've only listened to this album all the way through as an album like maybe three times because I feel yeah. like it works better shuffled in with the rest of their stuff. It's like if yes. I just go to my Beastie Boys collection on Apple Music and I just hit shuffle when these songs come up, I'm like yeah, but then it goes to you know a, a rap song after that. Um, yeah. Which is why I think it worked so well on their previous albums where they would have those those instrumental songs because it's kind of giving you a little bit of break and a different vibe. But this one, it's like, you know, all of those words that you said, you know, groovy, funky, sneaky, slick, whatever, that could just be applied to the entire fucking record. <laughs> you know, just like, because <laughs> yeah. it really is, you know, it, it's got it's a it's a vibe and they just went with this yeah. vibe. Now I re- I read something about how when the album first came out, they there were plans to eventually release it again with like guest vocalists and stuff on it, but I don't know why mm-hmm. that never happened. But either way, um, it's a really strong album. I just think that you know it was a matter of time. If you were a Beastie Boys fan when they announced an instrumental album, you were kind of like, oh well, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> of course they eventually did that, but I think that. When I go to the Beastie Boys, um, I'm wanting to hear those three voices. And so that's why I ended up putting this last. Although I do think that younger fans that are really big Beastie Boys fans, if they came on board right smack dab in the middle of the area where they were incorporating these instrumental songs, this album may hit differently for them. And I could Mm. totally see that. But for me... You know, my introduction to them is fight for your right to party and going into the hip hop stuff. And so this, like I said, it's not it's not a go to for the Beastie Boys. So it ends up at the very end. But um, yeah, good album. Just, you know, I, I, I need the I need the three voices. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we've knocked that one right out. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah, let's let's keep this train a rolling. Do it, number seven. Um, so number seven again. This is a case of sheer personal preference. There, there is quality abounds across this entire discography. Yeah. That being said, my number seven, I went for Hot Sauce Committee. Okay. Part two. The the last album. Yes. Um, I'm gonna jump straight in. Make some noise. I love that real riffy beat going on. Non-stop disco power pack is yeah. this verbed out funker. Really cool. 
Uh, okay is a catchy little track. Mm-hmm. Too many rappers. Nas features on this one. Yeah, it's a it's good a, one. It's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Um, Say it has this glitchy fucked up beat on it that I really like. Yeah. Um, the the Bill Harper collection is a little interlude. Um, do you want do you want to say it? I feel like can no, you remember how it I goes? can't say yeah. everything. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's something, something selection from, from the Bill, Bill Harper, Harper collection. Collection, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, don't play no game that I can't win. Is a fun track with this like reggae kind of feel to it, featuring uh, Santa Gold. Mm-hmm. Is that what she's called? I guess so. Uh, real cool stuff. Long burn the fire has some real swagger and attitude on it. Mm-hmm. Funky donkey, you know, short funky one. Yep. Uh, the Larry routine is a very short track. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah uh, Tadlock's glasses has this like psychedelic kind of vibe going on. Lee Majors come again is a punky song, yeah. uh, which you know I always like. You know that you know by album number three they were getting back in touch with the punk thing that they'd started out doing yeah, yeah. and reincorporated that you know um i mean at, at that point though because you have to remember they had a couple albums where they i don't think hello nasty has any rock or punk stuff on it so for no. when, and hot, hot sauce committee for them to put like that song on and i was like it's not as punky as i would like but i really like that song though uh multilateral nuclear disarmament <laughs> that felt like a fucking um, carcass song to say. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know? <laughs> um, is a is a little funk instrumental. Uh, here's here's a little something for you. Is a good song. And you if like you feel chilly, I'm gonna get you a shawl. Yeah. I just like. There's a couple times that MCA raps that, and it always makes me laugh. Yeah, just like <laughs> it's a hip hop lyric, and he's like, "I'm gonna get you a shawl." <laughs> yeah, they've got a really good sense of humor as well. Like yes. that's something that that you know that's something that gains a band major bonus points in my book because I think to myself, you got to be you know a little self aware, and yeah. if you're gonna do, I mean, hell, sometimes you know the best way I'd describe some of the some of the vocals throughout their career is just like intentionally obnoxious, but it it translates so well. You know, well, I think it's um, the, it, when it comes to like um, Adam Yout, MCA, he has some of the best like one liner quotable vocal parts of, of all three of them, I think. But they all they're yeah. all very clever. But that's the thing about them is that you I just want to hang out with the dudes. Yeah, like that's any <laughs> yeah. interview you've ever seen with them. You're just like, that just seems like a blast just to hang out with them. Did you did you ever see the Beastie Boys story? Which came Not out. On, I highly recommend it. It's great because they did. I think it's on Apple TV Plus, but I'm sure you can find it other places. But so they cool. they did like a stage show where the where um, Adam Horowitz and Mike Diamond basically do the history of the Beastie Boys in front of an audience with like clips and stuff, and they did like a filmed version of it, and it's yeah. uh, it's just like absolute it's like it's so it's so them to do that that way instead of just putting on a documentary it's just a stage show where they're just out chatting and they have they tell they tell their story and it's just another cool. one of those things where like i the you know the, the it ended and i was like i think i can i just watch that like two or three more times because i just like <laughs> i like their energy and so you know it's it's always a blast with those guys yeah dude like they, they just 
they emanate a good vibe, mm-hmm. you know? You know, yeah. it's, it's kind of, you know, and this kind of translates pretty well over to a band like Anthrax, for example, because, yeah. you know, New Yorkers, they also dabbled in the, you know, hip-hop thing where they did I'm the Man yeah. and, um, you know, Bring the Noise as well. And, uh, but, and Anthrax covered a Beastie Boys song. Yes. On the, the Beavis and Butthead experience, they do looking down the barrel of a gun and they sound just like the Beastie Boys on it. It's fucking great. Yeah. Yeah. I it, Yeah. There's there's a definite, you know, good, you know, sense of humor going on. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, as I said, major bonus points. Um, uh, absolutely. Cra- crazy ass shit feels like, you know, here's, here's the thing that kind of fucked me up about this. I, re- I realized... 2011 is a is 11 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and and I was and I was 13 in 2011 and I I realized very quickly that the kids on vocals here are probably pushing 20 at this point and that kind of fucked me up yeah. a little. Yeah. You know. Um the Lisa Lisa slash full force routine is uh one last 50 second thing. Um yeah, good album. Yeah, you know, it's it's a weird album because, you know, obviously it's called Hot Sauce Committee Part Two and there is no part one. And the it's 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 the whole it's kind of, you know, bittersweet. It's kind of sad because the you know, the 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 story of it was Hot Sauce Committee Part One, I think, was supposed to come out in 2009. I even recently watched an old interview from Jimmy Fallon where they're on their promoting and they're like, yeah, it's coming out in a few months or something like that. But then, then, uh, MCA was diagnosed with cancer. So they shelved it. And then a couple years later, they just, they basically took most of the songs that were going to be on, on hot sauce part one and just put it out as part two. And then literally the album came out and a year later is when Adam passed away. And so like that's it's it's hard to 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 um, divorce myself from that fact when I listen to it, because that was the 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 first time that a celebrity died that fucked me up was when Adam Yeah passed away because I was just like I said, they had been a part of my life since I was eight years old and they you, you knew that that he had cancer, but there wasn't a whole lot of coverage of like, here's how he's doing. Here's a video from him. Here's an update. It was just, you you knew that he was diagnosed and, and then one day it was announced that he was gone. And if I just remember it really fucked with me, it's just because that, that was the first like reminder of like, Oh, I'm getting old. I'm getting older now. And sure. He passed away way younger than he should have. But even then it's just that sort of thing of like, this is like, a piece of my childhood and my life that all of a sudden one of them is gone. And it's, it was real rough for me for like you know, a day or two. I was like, I couldn't stop just like being morbid about everything. And I was just yeah. like, look, Adam Yout's gone. What the, what's the fucking point? Yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway, not to, not to be a downer, but and, you know, I, I, cause I'll get to this album eventually. That's not my number seven, but are you, are you, are you finished there? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much that and cancer can get fucked yeah absolutely um so my number seven it's my number seven is 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 uh i I guess it's controversial because i've read several times that this is um at least one of the beastie boys favorite album that they ever did and it's my number seven 
Um, Hello Nasty from 1998 mm. is my number seven. And it, the best way to describe this album is fun, but bloated. Like it is yeah, way <laughs> too long. And, and in hindsight, giving the, you know, the conversation we just had about like, you know, there's no more beastie boys. Like once Adam died, the other two guys were just like, now nah, we're hanging it up. And they, you know, they, they've, they've, They've stuck to that. And I, I can't see them being guys that would get together just the two of them to do music or get somebody else. Beastie Boys are done. So that it with that being said, now that I look at this album and I look at all the fucking tracks, I'm like, well, I guess it's a good thing this is chock full of material. But yeah, as an album as a whole, it doesn't stand up to their earlier output. And some of it starts to blur together. Like there are tracks where I go, didn't I hear this? This seems real similar to another track. And I just feel like they could have chopped off maybe even a third of the album and made it really strong. Because there's obviously absolute classics. I mean, Intergalactic is on here, which I think is one of their biggest songs. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I just think that that on top of that, there's also a thing that's missing here, which is kind of this exciting exploration. Like they're like, as our albums move on, even through ill communication, there's this level of like forging into new territory and trying new things. And there's a little bit of that on this album, but there's also a little bit of resting on. Cause around this time we, in 1998, in 1998, there was a lot of like, what I considered like the worst time for music because there was fat boy slim and all of this really uninspired electronic music. That's like, mm. would just take a sample and not even do anything with the sample. That's interesting. It's just, let's play this sample over and over and over again. And then over the top of it, it's some guy repeating some phrase over and over again. And that's the song, you know, Moby did a lot of that shit and it's, and it's to me, it's, it's not great. And some of this music seems it makes me think of that time period because it's, you know, at the same exact time. And so mm. there's a there's a part of me that goes, they were kind of just doing what they already knew how to do, pushing things forward a tiny bit on on certain tracks. But um, it's 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 just it's an album that I, I don't go to very often to listen to. And it, it is a lot like the mix up, whereas these songs shuffled in with their other songs are good songs, but as an album, it just, it's, it's, it's exhaustingly long <laughs> and it doesn't have enough bangers to keep yeah. that momentum going for the whole, the whole, uh, runtime. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's, uh, it, it goes here at number seven, seven, still a fucking great album. And, you know, um, for the, for the particular time period, still a classic and, it's you know it's hard to fuck with any of their albums really, but that was that was one that it was very easy for me to put it near the end because I'm just like yeah it doesn't have enough um, meat for me to really dig into um, even uh, and on repeated listens it gets it just seems to get more sort of just like oh this is <laughs> this is this album again um, so yeah number Fair. seven uh, hello nasty I feel as well just while just while we're on it. Overly long albums is something that has been a kind of a plague on hip hop for a long time. Still is. Like 
And not, not yeah. only that, hip hop artists will do this thing now where they release an album that's an hour long and then a month later release a special edition that's two hours long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, God damn it. Yeah. And it's especially in this day and age where most people listen to two songs. And I'm just like, just don't, <laughs> don't fuck with it. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, I mean, I thought we were out of the CD era. And then, like, this genre was like, well, now we don't have to worry about how much can fit on a disc. I, I, feel, I feel like yeah. in a lot of ways, some artists are are looking at it from a content perspective. And it's like, look, yeah. if I release 30 tracks, that's 30 tracks that will get streaming from from some people. Sure, it might end up being one or two or three tracks that most people stream. But there's all this other mm. shit I can just throw on there that will also get numbers. And so Fair. it's just one of those things, I guess. I guess it's a statistical thing. If you put out more tracks, more of them will get streamed. Some will catch on, and some people, um, some people would prefer that. We've I, we've said it before. When it comes to our favorite bands, if Metallica says we have a brand new album coming out that has fifty eight tracks on it, we'd be like, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's one of those things I think as well. Like we always factor in because you know we we do this as like a as like a weekly task yeah you know we 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 set ourselves a goal of of going through a bunch of albums and and sitting through them and we're we're being kind of critical yeah but that that being said i mean in the in the event that you do end up with a band with a member that passes away and they decide to hang it up how it's kind of cool to have this much stuff agreed yeah but as as a as a result, listening to it as an album, it can make it quite overwhelming. <laughs> and, for, you know, and for someone like me, that's like a, I'm a fan of the album, the album mm-hmm. experience. And so when it's hard to make it through an album, I'm just like, all right, well that that kills it right there for me. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so with that, number six, my my number six. And again, I really fucking love the vibe on this album, but it's just a matter of where does it go? Yeah. Um, for me, I had to go with, funnily enough, number six to the to the five boroughs. So okay. Um, again, ch- check it out. Is uh, still rocking that old school style. Yeah, like that a lot. This has a very old school vibe. Yep. Considering it came out in 2004? Yeah. 2002? It's a very... No, this is 2000... I think it's 2004. Yeah, it's 2004. Right. But, but I mean, it was... The whole thing is like a love letter to, like, not only their city, but, like, where they came from. So there's a whole lot of references to old hip-hop, and the sound is kind of old school. So it's it's fun. Plus, it's kind of nestled in that, you know, we're angry with 9-11 and Bush kind of era. Yep. You know, so... Yeah, it definitely has a lot of... I mean, you know, for example, the Twin Towers are still present on the album cover, you know? Yep. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, enough about that. Let's talk about the songs. Uh, you know, Right Right Now Now feels like a Slim Shady kind of beat almost, yeah. you know? Uh, three the Hard Way, groovy mm-hmm. hard hitter. It Takes Time to Build is a head nodder. Rhyme that rhyme well. Love the slow swaggering groove on that one. Triple Trouble. Love the old school hip hop vibe. Yep. Uh, hey, fuck you. Uh, it's got a great attitude that, running through it. That's got know. one of my favorite MCA lines on that one where he goes, uh, 
He goes, I've, I've got billions and billions of ROMs to flex because I got more ROMs than Carl Sagan's got turtlenecks. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I was like, just the way that. he says that line, I'm just like, yeah. he knew it was funny. It's like, yeah. I can just imagine him writing that line and being like, fuck yeah. He patted himself yeah. on the back right away. <laughs> uh, um, a word? Uh, even though it's lower down, I still love this album's vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it. That's all. Awesome beat in this. Yeah. Uh, all lifestyles. More of an upbeat track. Shazam. Strip back hip hop track. An open letter to New York City. Uh, it's a love letter to NYC. Yeah. Um, Crawl Space is this creepy sneaky kind of song. Uh, the brouhaha. Upbeat hip hopper. Uh, and we got the. Yeah. Love that. I uh, you know. That's a great I love that. Ju- yeah, it is. Cause I, and, the, and the thing is as well, I love the general MIDI sample. Like, it's a purposefully, you know, shitty MIDI guitar sound. Mm-hmm. But it it sounds like something off of the 1993 Doom game, which used those exact samples. And it just like, I was like, I kind of want to slay some zombies now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, it, it's a really cool album yeah. with a really cool vibe. And it, comes off very sincere um you know in a time when new york city needed some you know needed some love and attention yep absolutely but, uh with that back over to you cool and my, my number six you've already talked about it hot sauce committee part two from 2011 okay um, cool. I've already said a lot of things about this i don't have you ever seen the the make some noise video from this album no. So it's it's I have not. it's a it literally continues from the end of the fight for your right to party video. So in the beginning of uh, it, no way. you're seeing the apartment where they're having the party, and at the end of the original video, the three guys are like crawling out of the party to escape. And then in the beginning of this video, they crawl out of the party and they come up, and it's them. It's it's not them. It's old school. It's the same outfits, only it's. Uh, Danny Danny McBride, Seth uh, Seth Rogen, and <laughs> home dude from Lord of the Rings. What's his name? Oh shit! Uh, which which one? Did, did did he play Frodo or something? Or maybe uh, Elijah Elijah Wood. And it's Elijah the three Wood. of them miming the song, do, <laughs> dressed up as old as the old Beastie Boys. And then like, there's even like a 30 minute version of the video. We're at the end of the Holy video. Shit. We're at the end of the video. Future Be- Beastie Boys show up and in and, and time machines, and it's Will Ferrell, uh, uh, Dewey Cox. What's that dude's name? Um, and Jack Black, and like uh, and like, the, and they have like a <laughs> battle at the end of it. And then at the, the 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 best, my favorite part is the very end. They're fighting each other, and cops show up to bust it up. But the cops are played by the Beastie Boys. And so, ah, and, uh, and so, and honestly, that's like the last image of like, of like Adam Yauk is in that. Cause he's like, you know, that he was sick at that point. So I guess he, you know, he got, he got enough nerve to get out and get in the costume and be in the end of the video, yeah. but it's just like a really fun video with tons of like cameos all the way through it. And, um, wow. it's fun. I highly recommend it. There's a short version you can watch. And if you like it that much, there's a 30 minute version out there as well. But you know, um, I'm down for that. <laughs> yeah, like I said, Hot Sauce Committee, it's a real b- bittersweet album. Um, and I do appreciate that up until the end, 
they are still experimenting with their sound because there's there are tracks on this where I go that's kind of a new take on something just like the just a particular sound or a particular type of beat or something it just I I, I it's it's the fact that they can still put something out that sounds kind of like it's new for the Beastie Boys is uh is cool but at the same time there's also a lot of familiar sounds in here as well which ends up making it like a real sort of satisfying last chapter of their career and yeah and it's like there's a laid back yet confident feel to the album and um if you know if i have to really give it a reason why it goes at number six and not higher it's because the five albums ahead of this are are pretty much unfuckwithable and Mm -hmm. this one just lacks a little bit of the excitement and energy of the earlier albums and there's maybe not as many bangers on this so it's Mm -hmm. gotta it's gotta go here but you know they're they set the bar too high for themselves i think <laughs> so yeah <laughs> so then they're just putting out albums where it's like you're you can't compete with like you you put out a you know several masterpieces and now you're just having to to deal with that so i mean it could you, you yeah. know it's it's a you could you could hope for worse in your life you know so uh, anyway yeah n- uh, my number six hot sauce committee part two cool now now i want to say before i do my number five there is a high likelihood that it will climb back up. But as a result of the fact that it was the only album that I really knew by the Beastie Boys before I did this deep dive, uh-huh. all of the stuff that kind of came later is still very fresh on my mind Okay, and is a side of them that I had grossly neglected. You know, I kind of knew them as this okay. going in with the, with the odd track here or there. Yeah. But my number five is Licensed to Ill. And it being such a, a an iconic 80s album, me being the 80s guy, everybody knows me as the 80s guy yeah. in my fucking friend group. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm the only motherfucker who's going to bring up, hey, man, you heard this Danger Danger song? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, like I said, um, License to Ill is the only full... Um, Beastie Boys album that I'd heard all the from from front to back going into this. Yeah. Uh, so everything that I've placed above it is still very fresh and new to me, and I I really like that. Um, so yeah, rhyming and stealing, nice blend of not only a Zeppelin sample but a Sabbath sample as well. Really cool way to kick things off. Yep. Uh, that's all that's all that's all that's all rick rubin like that's the thing is rick rubin is all over this album with the beats and 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 his choices for samples but you know hell if kerry king plays two solos on the album like is is wild yeah yeah which is which is funny because he's a dude that came out later saying like hip-hop music was awful and wasn't real music or some shit like that i was like well you (laughs) fucking play on the beastie boys album but okay whatever (laughs) oh man um so yeah, you get new, the new style, the 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 line in this, the the Jimmy Page line. Fuck man. Oh yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I like my girls underage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Jimmy Page or something. And I just I was hearing it and I was just like, ooh, <laughs> ooh. <laughs> out here sampling him, but also calling him out. Um, she's crafty. It's another Zeppelin sample. Fun stuff. Uh, 
posse in effect, slow groove, me likey. Yeah. Slow ride, not to be confused with the 1975 classic rock song by English rock band Foghat, but it's this song. It, it is weird oh. that it's called Slow Ride, but the 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 melody they used is from Low Rider. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just like, it, did they get confused in what it was called? <laughs> well, here's the funny thing. This actually makes it a two for one when it comes to mentioning songs that appeared in GTA San Andreas, hey. which I do almost every episode because not only is Slow Ride in that game. But Lowrider is also in that game. And I just thought there should be a mashup cool. of those two songs called Slow Rider. Yeah. Somebody out there do oh, it. Oh, yes. I'm down. <laughs> Let's make it happen, people. All right. Why are we not funding this? Uh, but yeah, girls, this feels like. You ever heard the line, uh, I switched to porn because it was easier to explain? <laughs> you know, oh. this song. Yeah, if I was like playing this loud and someone walked in and they didn't know it, I'd, I'd like, I'd be like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's tongue in cheek. The weird thing about this this period of the Beastie Boys is that they they went on record very quickly to say like this yeah. this was tongue in cheek and it was taken seriously, but yeah, to their to their to critique them. They kept it going for a little bit. They did tours where they acted like these, you know, shitty, frat shitty frat boys. Yeah. And so they got caught up in the, in the moment, which I absolutely understand. They were young. But, yeah. but the weird thing about that is that even at the time when I was an eight-year-old kid, there was still a part of me that heard parts of this and I go, I feel like they're kidding. I feel like this isn't supposed to be taken seriously because I, yeah. I think it's very clear but I feel like there were a whole lot of of uh, young American males who didn't get the joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because they were actually those people. And yeah. um, so, of course, if I, were, if I were them, I would put the fucking brakes on real quick and be like, all right, nope, 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 no more of that shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then, then you get Fight for Your Right. This is a song... I'll never get tired of. No. Sorry, not sorry. It's funny. You know, it is just... And even if it is, you know, tongue-in-cheek and ironic, doesn't change the fact that it is just a fucking banger. Like, it, it'll get a party going, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. Um, and it's... It's funny because... These next two songs... Like, <laughs> highlight to me that Kerry King... While very good in Slayer, can pretty much only play Slayer. Yeah, um, because, <laughs> because because like even the the fight for your right solo is at least kind of constrained. You know, I don't know if that's him on fight for your right though. I think it might just be him on on uh, on no sleep till Brooklyn. I might be but wrong. There's, the the guitar tone and the and the whammy wiggles it has to be yeah it has to be carried like it was probably Rick probably said hey look we want this one on the radio uh, can you maybe tone it back a little bit and yeah. so he just did a little cheeky little pentatonic thing but yeah. on no sleep till Brooklyn he 
he solos like he's playing fucking Angel of Death. And it's like, it doesn't even fit, but it's so funny. Like, it gets a laugh out of me every time because I'm like, what the fuck? That solo has always made me feel like he played the solo with no music playing underneath it. So he had no clue what key the song was in. (laughs) Which you can say that about pretty much any of his solos where he's just like, it's just hitting random notes and then doing some and stuff like that, you know. And it works in Slayer, but like yeah. when you're basically when you're basically playing over a smoke smoke on the water type riff, yeah, you, you kind of expect like like if Kirk Hammett had gone over the top of that, it would at least be somewhat tasteful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, agreed. Um, you know, even if it was drowned in wah, but uh, yeah. Paul Revere it has a cool reversed beat on it. You know, I, I love that. That that's, sort of thing. that's the thing to, to put, point out about this album is that this is they this is like in the height of what I would I always call like the Roland 808 era of hip hop. Yeah, because like <laughs> so many artists use that Roland 808 and then the particular yeah. beat and bass and and this album still fucking bumps like you put on like you know slow and low and shit like that on your fucking car stereo it 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 is there's some big ass fucking bass on it but yeah. uh I I love that about this I, I honestly I love well you know I'll get into talking about the, you know the first three albums but I love how their first three albums fit in to an era of hip hop that I love, you know, the Roland hmm. 808 one. And then you have the, you know, in 1989, things got, things started to get a little bit more experimental. And then by the early nineties, there were bands that were trying to incorporate instruments and other stuff like that. And a little more alternative hip hop. And so I just feel like they were like, I almost feel like they were just like on the, they, they knew what was going on and when they were making their decisions, but at the same time yeah. also didn't really seem to give two shits about what, people were going to think of them because if you think about it, yeah. they, they started off as a punk band and then heard hip hop and just were inspired by it and decided to start doing that in an era where there were no white rappers, you know, it's yeah. like, at least I don't think that there were any or any like a notable and they were just like, well, why, why can't we do this? And then they did it. And that's been their whole fucking career right there. I, and I love that. You know, I love the, Fuck rules, <laughs> yeah. Thing, you <laughs> exactly. know, in music. Yeah, I didn't get into music to have fucking rules. Um, he fucking left the band. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, where, where was it? Uh, oh. We've got uh, hold, hold it now, hit it. Yep, classic eighties, just drums and vocals yep. type thing. Um, Brass monkey, the funky monkey. Uh, That's a great one. My daughter uh, loves that song. Sl- yes. It's a, it's a banger. Yeah. Like, uh, slow and low, always welcome through my speakers. Yeah. Anything slow and low. Uh, time to get ill. Great closing track. Uh, it's charming. Definitely a product product of its time. Yep. But it's still really fun. Yep. You know? Uh, so with that, over to you. All right, cool. For your number five. For my, my number five, I'm kind of like, you know, it's like the, the cousin album, I guess, because I'm, my number five is to the five boroughs from 2004, mm-hmm. where they kind of went back to an old school kind of hip hop kind of thing. And we already talked about this. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's an utterly enjoyable album. 
I, it, to me, it's it's a classic at this point, and and it's because it's just it's hip hop that's clearly made by veterans of classic hip hop who are not yes. only acknowledging the past, they they respect the past, but at the same time, if you're talking about license to ill, they've clearly matured, um, and you know, you know or they just decided they didn't want to go with that same routine. But, you know, it's, I feel like this is more, if, if the Beastie Boys had been themselves on album number one, it would sound, it would have been similar to To the Five Burrows. And um, this is, I love this album. It's not game changing or even really that impressive in comparison to what that they had already done, but it's just really good. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I remember, I think when it came out, like a lot of people didn't like it. And I'm just like, what are you listening to the same album as me? Cause I'm just like, yeah, I mean, maybe you wanted them to keep on making this sort of, you know, hip hop that could be listened to by people who are also into Moby, but I'm just like, that's not me. I I'm, I'm happy for them to come back around and make a hip hop album. So it was, it was great. And, and, you know, they never, they never followed anybody's rules, just like we said. So that's why that, you know, to the five boroughs comes out at a time where I think people were expecting something different from them. And then the very next album, people were probably expecting more hip hop and they got an instrumental album. It's just, that's just yeah. how, <laughs> that's just how it works. Um, but yeah, I have a blast every time I listen to this album. And so it had to go in the top five for sure. But yeah, it's once again, competing with other classics. So um that's it. To the Five Burrows is number five. Moving on to your number four. Cool. Now we're in the upper half of the ranking. Uh, my number four is 1994's Ill Communication. Same here. Boom. We matched up on number Bam. four. Ill Communication. Ma Bell got the Ill Communication. All right. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so right out of the gate, you get Sure Shot. Cool flute line, really cool stuff. Yeah, tough guy. Immediately is punk just rock. a straight up punk song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I love that about this era of them. Like, check your head and ill communication are like, you could kind of pair them together as kind of a brother and sister album. Yeah, like in a in a way because you know they've gone to that they've got instruments and they've got rock songs and they've got punk songs. Yeah, uh, sorry, and they've got rap songs. Sorry. Um, so yeah, B-Boys making with the Freak Freak, funky fresh shit. Shit, like, <laughs> if it's gonna be this kind of party, yeah. I'm gonna stick my dick in the mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, <laughs> Bobo on the Corner is a short little interlude thing. Root Down is a groovy ass song. Sabotage, absolute tune. Yeah. Um, uh, get it together. It, here's the thing, they definitely... Dis- even though they have still got the sense of humor, they've matured a lot over the course of the four albums. Yeah. Like, stylistically. Um, Get Together's got Q-Tip on it. <laughs> yep. Uh, and uh, Sabrosa is is porn music. <laughs> <laughs> um, the update's got some cool percussion going on. Uh, Futterman's Rule is groovy instrumental stuff. You know, me likey. Uh all right, hear this. Sounds kind of like when my mic does that weird shit, but we keep rolling with it. Like, yeah. You know, a yeah. lot of the vocals, a lot of the vocals during this era, you know, have that kind of well, 
distortion on it. Yeah, one of one of my gripes about ill communication that puts it lower, puts it at number four, is the fact that they they really overuse the distorted vocal on. Like, yeah, it's too many tracks where they use that. I'm just like, it's cool if it pops up every now and then, but it seems like it's half the album is distorted yeah. vocals. It goes from. It goes from a cool stylistic choice to a crutch. Yeah, you know, a little if bit. you do it too much, yeah. Um, where where was I? Uh, Eugene's lament, uh, always down for some Eastern sounding stuff. You know, mm-hmm. uh, f- flute loop, <laughs> more cool flute stuff. Yeah, uh, do it is is got a really cool old school vibe. Ricky's theme is a chill kind of thing. Heart Attack Man is another wild punk rock song. Uh, the scoop. I feel like I'm walking down an alleyway in a shady neighborhood listening to this song. Yeah. Um, Shambhala, uh, Gregorian chants over the shaft theme. Fuck yeah. Uh, <laughs> Bodhisattva vow. When this hits, damn dude. Um, and transitions is a vibey, funky closer. Uh, I like this album. Yeah. But it has things that led me to drop it a few points uh, uh, due to overuse. I think, I think you put it really well. Yeah. It's it's when it came out, I, I was excited about it and, but it was, it was an album where I, I feel the same way then that I do now that it, it's a little bit too long and the latter half of it kind of peters off where it's, it feels like there are songs they could have cut to make it a tighter, more interesting album. But I do, I do appreciate that. It's almost like a more ambitious version of what they were doing with check your head. Yeah. But it's, it's not for the length that it is. It's not all absolute killer material in comparison anyway, but it's still an absolute classic of the nineties. Like it's just one of those albums that you have to talk about when you talk about nineties hip hop and a few of the songs I would go so far as to say it's some of the best material they ever did. Um, yeah, but yeah, it, it's I I really like this album, but I do I do think that it lacks an excitement that carries through the whole album. But it's being first half of the album for sure is is fucking great. I really just think that the the, the a few songs at the at the latter half could have been cut out and uh, maybe yeah. used as B sides or whatever. I don't know. But in hindsight, like we said, it's good that there's a whole lot of songs on this album. But yeah, it it, it uh, once again is standing up to three albums now, where my top three are, in my opinion, perfect albums. There is yeah absolutely nothing that I would change about the next three albums, and so ill communication is going to always fall short of these three. But but that was that's my number four. Moving on, top three. This is quite funny, though, because th- this one here is one you had quite low, and uh-huh. I've gone for I've gone for Hello Nasty and number three. And I feel like that's because it's kind of fresh on my mind. Uh-huh. I only really I only really knew like two songs off of here. Yeah. Uh, so when I when I heard it, I was like, oh, this album's really cool. Uh, but I, I do agree with the quite long kind of point that you made yeah because how, how yeah. many songs how many songs are on this how fucking 18 like, or some shit it's it's long it's near the 20 mark um <laughs> yeah so you know super disco breaking really fun feel to this opener yeah the move has a real head nodding thing going on 
uh, remote control is just more fun hip hop. It, it is fun. Uh, Song for the Man, one of their more kind of instrumental things. There's a few of those on this one. Yeah. Uh, just a test. I wish I could break into song with two other guys to like every now and again, you know, yeah. just, just randomly, just out of nowhere. Someone asked me a question. I just start fucking rattling stuff <laughs> off and two guys come, come up behind me and just back me up. Yeah. Style. Profile. Like, just, just be able to emphasize shit. And they're like, I just, I just wanted to know where the milk is. Um, <laughs> 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 Uh, but yeah, just a test, cool thing. Body moving is a catchy song. Intergalactic, no denying that this is a classic. Um, sneaking out the hospital, other, and it's another interlude kind of track. Putting shame in your game is good old. I'm better than you, hip hop. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, flowing prose, funky and sneaky. Uh, and me is a weird psychedelic kind of song. Uh, three MCs and one DJ. Love this. We've been one. getting down uh, with no delay. So mix master Mike of what you got to say. Mm, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> socially, socially anxious DJ. Just <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got uh, the grasshopper unit. Keep moving. Uh, it's a fun track. Uh, Song for Junior is this cool laid back thing. Uh, I don't know. Feels like a track that could have been done by a grunge band. Like I, I got kind of grunge vibes off that song. Mm-hmm. Um, the negotiation limerick file. Uh, they have a great dynamic vocally. Like just when that those three guys were together, you know, it's like we said earlier. They just emanate this really cool atmosphere around them. You know. Yeah. Um, Electrify, love the beat on this one. Picture This is another laid-back song. Unite has a great swagger to it. Dedication, two and a half minutes of shout-outs. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Lee, PhD, reggae vibes. Uh, And Instant Death, remarkably chill song for a song title like that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, this is a long album, and that tends to hurt it in terms of hang on, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. 23 well, the looks tracks. We, yeah, yeah. So it's it's the post-20 zone. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Very uh, long. Yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I, I, I definitely feel like this list could change any day of the week, depending on my mood. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for now, that's the that's the list I've gone with so far. Cool. So over over to you. My my list is uh, solid, solid as a rock. Mm-hmm. Um, my number three is "License to Ill" from 1986, cool. it, which is like I said, these three albums to me are perfect albums. This is just like a such a perfect snapshot of just three ambitious young people who had a odd sense of humor and yeah. loved hip hop music. And I just, this is, I mean, this, so the, you know, the, you know, the second hip hop album I ever heard in the third grade and it, it's just been with me ever since. And, and, and uh, fun fact, it's the, it was the first hip hop album ever to go number one on the billboard charts. Yeah. And 
at this point, it's fucking certified diamond, which is beyond 10 million sales. So that's shit. That's a lot. Um, And it's just an absolutely iconic album and iconic album cover. I mean, so Mm. so much so that Eminem, you know, did his own version of it on his Kamikaze album. It looks like the same. You just have slightly different stuff going on on the album. And um, yeah, I guess, you know, looking at it from a 2022 perspective, there are things on this album where you're like, well, I didn't age very well. But to me, it's still (laughs) it's still supposed I still listen to it the way most people listen to speak English or die by SOD where it's not in, not, it's not serious. You know, it's yeah, like, yeah. So, so that, that's the way I always hear it. So I just look at it as funny. It's always just a, you know, a fun time for me and yeah. it's still as fun today as it was back in the day. In fact, probably more fun. Now I probably have more fun because now there's the, the album as it is a fun album, but on top of that, like this great nostalgia for, you know, being, in in my life for such a long time and i i love the minimal old school hip-hop style on this album i love that shit you know a lot of people can poke fun at things from that era of hip-hop but that's like the that's the beginning of the golden age of hip-hop and that's what it sounded like at the time and once again like right album number one adam yauk is proving that he is the best out of out of the zinger making the zingers my favorite yeah. my favorite line on this album is um i i got i got a girl in a castle and one in a pagoda you know i got rhymes like a pagoda that <laughs> 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 there's like oh, that those are my favorite mca lines where he does the i got rhymes like and i'm just like it's always just something really really funny yeah. and then <laughs> but yeah it's just it's almost like like License to Ill is a classic '80s movie with just shitloads of quotable dialogue, and yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and it just has that vibe that no matter what, there there there's two albums in particular in the top three that they have a vibe from a specific era of hip hop that no matter how hard somebody these days tries to recreate it, it's never going to be the same. It's never going to have Mm -hmm. the same elements. It's never going to have the same sort of uh, youthful spunk. Well, over here, spunk means something different over there. (laughs) (laughs) But also some of that, too. A lot of that youthful spunk. But uh, I just, yeah. It's just that's the name of our uh, crust punk side project. (laughs) (laughs) Spunk, Um, but yeah, license to ill. It's an absolute hip hop classic, and but they did two albums where they topped themselves and made some of the best music ever made. So, uh, so Mm -hmm. license to ill goes to number three, which means we have the same top two. It just depends on where these are going to go to see if we match up or not. I think I know how it's going to go. Um, and I think, I think we have the same because my number two is Paul's Boutique. Yep. We have the same, same top two. My number two is also Paul's Boutique from 1989. Yeah. And like, this is a major stylistic jump from, you know, um, 
I mean, there's a major stylistic jump across the first three albums. It's like three distinct eras of hip hop. Yeah. You know, 86, you know, 808 era. Well, and, 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 and you've got, and on that era, you've got Rick Rubin behind the boards, kind of guiding them along the way. Flash forward to 1989. It's the Dust Brothers who are kind of behind everything, which is a completely different you know, yes. uh, outlook on, on hip hop music. Yeah. It's a lot more funk and soul influenced than it is rock and metal influenced. It's fucking, it's, uh, and the different, the big difference is, is that it's, it's, you know, multi-layered sampling. Whereas yes. like, you know, old school hip hop or on, on license to ill, there would still be a Roland 808 beat, but then they would yeah. have one sample on top of it. Maybe another beat one would sample vocals. And then yeah. this one, the beat is a sample. A part over it is a sample and other parts that play throughout it are also samples. Or in the, in the case of a, a song like shake your rump, how many fucking samples are on that song? <laughs> it's just, yeah. it's just so much shit in that song. Yeah. And like, Without further ado, I'm going to jump in with my track by track. Yeah. To all the girls, nice little shout out to all the women out there. And then you yeah. get to shake your rump. That bass is sick, dude. Yeah. Damn. Like, yeah. It, it, like real room shaking stuff. Uh, Johnny Royale, definite funk and soul presence on this album mm-hmm. compared to the more, you know, 808 rock influenced predecessor. Um Eggman, I liked the psycho sample in that beat. It was very clever. Um, yeah. Well, if he, at the end of it, it goes from psycho to Jaws. If you know they're playing at the same yeah. time, it's the psycho sample with the Jaws sample. And I'm just like, that's pretty genius. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, oh man, High Plains Drifter has got some nice slow groovage going on. I love on that, uh, that. My favorite part of that song is on the choruses about how one of them is doing the chorus vocals and the other ones are doing the ha ha planes, planes, drifter, drifter. Yeah. I just, that's fucking cool right there. Yeah. I love that as well. Um, the sounds of science kind of reminds me of, of girls off the previous album. It's, it's got a kind of a novelty, but then it just goes off. Like, yeah. Catch your guard. And then it goes into that. There's that part where they're all three rapping really fast at the same time. I'm just like, ah, God damn, this is too good. Yeah. It's still so great yeah. today. Absolutely love that part. Uh, you know, three minute rule is a fun song. Mm-hmm. Hey ladies, is a funky ass song. Uh, five piece chicken dinner is just like hillbilly interlude. Yeah. <laughs> um, looking down the barrel of a gun. Son of a gun, son of a gun, getting paid, getting rich. Oh, I skipped a part, but whatever, you get the idea. (laughs) But, you know, this shows that, okay, they've still got some rock in them. Um, And then we get to the the part that I was waiting for this whole album, and that is Car Thief, because I've heard the sample to Car Thief every time I've listened to one of my favorite songs from my favorite album of all time, Angel Dust by Faith No More. Yeah. And the song is Midlife Crisis, and it's that bit in the middle where it's like... Yeah. But, again, there's so many different samples and parts in this song that it's awesome in its own right, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, it also has a 
special place in my heart because mid- Midlife Crisis is in GTA San Andreas and it is an integral piece of my musical development as a person. Uh, anyway, What Comes Around is a groovy one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sat- uh, Shadrach as, you know, hey, 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 hey. Like, yeah. love it. Uh, as for Janice, a little advert, uh, you know, B-Boy, Bulia Bayasi, I've forgotten how to say it. Bula Bays or some shit like that? I don't know. Bula Bays, yeah. It's a big-ass nine-track medley of just, like, all these little individual tracks. And I remember, I remember (laughs) fucking, what was it? I was going to critique each individual track in the track-by-track, and I just said, fuck it. I'm not typing B-Boy Bula Bays (laughs) fucking nine (laughs) times. Um... So yeah, but you know it's a really great album. It goes yeah. without saying, and you know, d- despite the fact that it it didn't reach the commercial success of its predecessor, it didn't need to. Well, it, For, it like you know, licensed to ill is a diamond certified album. Yeah, and this showed that they could do other shit. Well, also and at not the time, get down. it wasn't promoted very well at all because no? I. I remember I watched a lot of MTV and I saw I think yeah. I saw the video for Hey Ladies one time and there was wow. no there was no indication I, I if I just remember at the time thinking it was like oh this is like an unreleased song you know I didn't know it was a new album because I didn't see any promotion for the album anywhere it wasn't until Check Your Head came out that I was like oh they're promoting a new album Paul's Boutique was almost like put out like, yeah, here you go. And I know it's probably yeah. because the label didn't know how to market it because all of a sudden all the frat boys weren't going to get into this. And so, yeah. um, and so like it took me years to actually get around to hearing the whole album because I was, I didn't really know anything about it. So, wow. It's, it's the, it's not, it's not, it's not just that the album is a little bit more challenging. It's that the label, you know, fucked them on it really. Yeah. But you know that that being said, as good as it is, there is there is one more. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'll, I'm gonna you, keep talking about Paul's Boutique though. Yeah, because it's a fucking sure. absolute masterpiece of an album. The weird thing is that I see it written. I think it's even written in the wiki that it's considered the Sergeant Peppers of hip hop, and I that term is fucking dumb because. Yeah. <laughs> Because like Sgt. Pepper's, the only thing like Sgt. Pepper's is is a really is a great album. It's not the best Beatles album. It's not no. a concept album, which people seem to to assign that yeah, just because it has a, the beginning and the end have songs that say Sgt. Pepper's only. I'm just like the, the rest of the album is completely unrelated. And the only concept there is that this is a Beatles album. Yeah, like, and they yeah, and sure there are experimental aspects on this album, but there are also on revolver and on yeah. you know even going all so, so far to to abbey road which i actually would say that paul's boutique is more like their abbey road because the the end of abbey road is all these short songs that play all close together which is just yeah. like paul's boutique and abbey road is a very is a pretty varied album and i think yeah. that that's that fits more but people for some reason have decided that sergeant pepper is this album that you put the descriptor on for groundbreaking albums. And I'm just like, 
I don't know how much ground Sergeant Pepper's actually broke. I mean, I, I'm a, I, I've I've gone through my life being a, a a fairly big Beatles fan, so I know a lot about the album, and I also know a lot about music that was going on at the same time. And mm. they broke ground as the Beatles, but it's just a weird thing that, that's become like, here's what you're supposed to say. This is the Sgt. Yeah. Peppers of this. I'm just like, can we pick a different album? How about Dark Side of the Moon? Let's you know, like, yeah, you know, let's, yeah. let's, pick, let's yeah. pick something different that has some more interesting qualities to it. But eventually we'll get to ranking the Beatles albums and I'll talk all about my thoughts on their stuff because I have thoughts. But um, hmm. I, I like the fact that they immediately started with an album where not only was the way it was constructed was unconventional at the time, even the song structures themselves are often unconventional, where it's not verse, chorus, verse, chorus kind of thing. There's some songs that don't have any of that conventional shit going on. But the great thing about this album is it still sounds impressive today. And it yeah. still s- sounds unique, and and that's another thing. You know, just like just like License to Ill, Paul's Boutique, you couldn't remake this album or do an album like this because it would cost you millions of dollars to make it because you'd have to clear mm-hmm. all the samples. And now, back in the day, they paid to clear some samples, but there they you didn't pay that much to clear samples. Now, everyone wants a little bit of money. And so the fun aspect of early hip hop where it was there was all these different taking a sample of something else and repurposing it and making it something new, which I love. You can't fucking do that anymore. And I and I I hate it because I'm just like if I was an artist, I would be I would be thrilled. I'd be like, you don't have to give me any money. You just have to just just do something good with my shit. If you're going to repurpose my Mm. stuff for something else now, to be fair, if they're doing it like Paul's Boutique, I'm on board. If they're doing it like Eminem, where he just took the chorus to Dream On by Aerosmith and just plays it <laughs> all the way through, and then over it, he just goes, yeah! Like, that's... Sing. That's that's <laughs> bullshit. And I, I love Eminem, but that's bullshit. So, but I like this, and it's a th- and I like it even more, because you can't, you can't do it today. But... Um, that's, that's someone we'll get around to as well. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, Paul's boutique, classic after classic, classic album songs, bangers after bangers. It's uh, but I put it at number two, even though I love it so much because this is still the Beastie Boys with a little bit of guidance with some from somebody else. They had Rick Rubin yeah. in the beginning. They have the Dust Brothers who put down the beats and they you know did their shit on top of that, and and it's a big step forward. But to me, they would take another really big step forward with their next album. And it would be what I feel is the most is the, it's the first like fully beastie boys album where they, I feel like it's their first, you know, they had their hand in like all these different aspects of it. And that's our, our joint number one. Um, Sorry. Um, our joint number one, which is the 1992 album Check Your Head, which is one of my favorite albums ever made. It's easily mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm, you know, not not dealing with genres, it's probably in my top 10, maybe top five. Fuck. It's uh, 
Wow. It's uh, it's an amazing album to me, and so um, but I'll let you go with it first because you're you're the you're the man you're the man who heads things off off out. Cool. Out. <laughs> I'll let you recharge for a second. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, check your head. Starts off with Jimmy James, great opener, funky boss, short and sweet. Mm-hmm. Pass the mic. Wild to think that. Now. <sighs> I have a question. Yeah. This there's a sample, yeah. Like wild to think that this not only samples the same track as "Fella with a Gun" from Dr. Dre's The Chronic, mm-hmm. but both albums came out in '92. Yeah. Um. So like, no, I think that's the one. Or was I doing the shit? It doesn't matter. It's it's a really cool bass baseline and i can't remember the original song now i'm blanking yeah what uh, what i'm put on it's like i'm man put, with the mask ah, man. Oh. <laughs> something is going wrong with me right now i don't know what it is <laughs> what is your major malfunction <laughs> private old head <laughs> um yeah Where were we? Uh, pass the it, mic pass yeah. the mic's a classic song Pass the mic is great. Gratitude. Now, oh man, I forgot that this track was in Guitar Hero 5, which is where I recognized it from. Yeah. Because I I haven't played that one in years. And I heard it and I was like, I've heard this. Where have I heard this? I've heard this several times. Oh, and you know when you like unlock a memory oh, that yeah. you forgot you had? I love that. And then you're like, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, it's that song. Holy shit. But yeah, um, that's where I recognize that from. Killer bass riff. Awesome stuff. Uh, Lighten Up is this weird vibey one. Feels ever so slightly Primus-esque at points to me. Um, that, that, was a, see, that, was, that was interesting for me as a fan because like that's the first track on here where it's like, it's a little it's way different than anything they had ever done before. Yeah. And it was and it was it was it it's part of what makes this album special to me is the fact that it has these moments where it's like it, at the time wow. com- completely unexpected and then on top of it they're playing this shit themselves like that's that was fucking yeah. great. Yeah. This is where it becomes next level and and they go from a hip hop group to a band. Yeah. And I think that's the that's the distinction from their first two albums to 90s Beastie Boys is that the 80s, they were the group that gets out and, you know, raps it. And now they've got, like, shit that they're playing themselves. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Finger Licking Good is a fun track. Uh, so What You Want, holy shit, yeah, that, that, that grooving beat. To me, that's one of the best songs of the 90s or ever, really. I love it. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's killer. Uh, the Biz versus the Nuge. Uh, short little thing. Time for Living is a full-on hardcore punk track. Mm-hmm. Uh, something's got to give. Um, nothing wrong with me. <laughs> uh, funky Groovage on this one. And the uh, vibed out vocals are somewhere between Planet Caravan and Limp Biscuit. Like, like, you know when Fred Durst will do like a... You think sort you're of special? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, exactly that sort of vocal effect, and yeah. like it's becoming very clear to me that 
I think Limp Biscuit heard that and they were like, "Well, oh. this is going to be my personality." <laughs> like, yeah, everybody, fuck yeah. yeah. So, so many, yeah. so many groups ripped off the Beastie Boys once this album came out, just in ver- in various <laughs> ways, and probably ways that like we don't even know, you know. But yeah, for sure. Um, the 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 Blue Nun is another short little thing. Stand Together is just funky ass shit. Pow, cool organ playing on that. Yep. Uh, the Maestro is a cool track. Groove Homes, groovy. <laughs> Live at PJ's is more good shit. Mm-hmm. Mark on the Bus is short but funky. Professor Booty <laughs> is a badass swaggering song. Yep. In th- in threes, awesome source. Uh, and Namaste is a little chill closer. Yeah. And I feel like this album takes the best of their first two and what they would do later on blends everything into the highest possible quality it can be and that is check your head yeah you know <laughs> it's it's to, to me it's yeah. the to me it's the greatest mixture of hip-hop and live instruments that was ever recorded um and, and it has ever been recorded i know you know some people would be like what about the roots or or other groups like this even even the first far side album has live instruments on it but um to me, this is just the best. Like, there's no. They said it. They made an album here that n- nobody can stand up to when it comes to this kind of music. The alternative hip hop with live instruments kind of thing. Anyone that's done this since has just been trying their best to even lick this album's boot heel. And, um, <laughs> but this was just like with License to Ill, this one has, has, a really big history with me just because like I, it was, it was promoted so that, you know, there was the video for, so what you want. And I was like, Oh, new beastie boys. I got to go get this. And I went and got it. And it just blew. 1992 was a really big year for albums like that. Like hearing angel dust for the first time, hearing check your head for the first time albums that like really expanded my scope of like musically what I could enjoy or what is something that, that I would, you know, I would even like to hear a band or group do, and change the fucking game, bro. <laughs> yeah, I th- they really did, and and so and at this point, you know, the band, you know, Adam Horvitz on guitar, Adam Yout on bass, uh, bass, yeah. Michael Michael Diamond on drums, and then of course you've got on this one Money Mark on the on the keys. It's just like so perfectly done, you know the. Because it's, it's not all live. Obviously, there's samples on this album as well. But I think that's probably why I, I like I like this in the way that you normally like like some band's second album. Because like, sure, Paul's Boutique is amazing, but you know, like that second album quality of very they they have a direction that they're going, but there's still this excitement of like pushing things forward yeah. and being really really enjoying the ride of we don't know where this is going to take us. Let's just give it a shot. Like that comes through on this album. Whereas ill communication, they already knew they could do this shit. That's why it's a little bit more ambitious, but I like the, the excitement and sheer just sort of joyful exploration on this album. And to me, it's still, it's still a very impressive and enjoyable album. And to me, it's the peak it's peak beastie boys when they, 
finally became the Beastie Boys, where it's like before it was like a hip hop group, the Beastie Boys. But now it's it's literally just the Beastie Boys. Like, do you want to give them a genre? Sure. Throw hip hop out there, throw alternative out there. But at the end of the day, they became a group that now it's just the Beastie Boys. There's no I almost feel like they don't they defy categorization while still sort of firmly fitting into one. But yeah, I saw a video on, I don't remember what, I don't remember what uh, YouTube channel it is, but it's one of the major like hip hop channels. And they, there was a guy that does uh, um, a guy named Mers who did, who's a hip hop artist himself. And he does, he, for a while he was doing these little, you know, I don't know, uh, just a little, what do you call it when somebody just like, like an editorial kind of thing. And yeah, he did a whole video on how he thinks that the Beastie Boys is the greatest hip hop group ever. And he did a whole, it's like 15, 20 minute video where he goes through their history and like comparatively to what was going on in hip hop. And by the end of it, I'm like, I can't fucking argue with this. It's, they, they might very well be the greatest hip hop group ever. And um, they're not my favorite hip hop group, but they do have a they do have something that other hip hop groups don't have. And that is a a connection with me that goes way back to me being young and in the, the, the very beginning of discovery of music, but still putting out stuff over the years as to to the point where I was an adult where I was still interested in what they were doing because other hip hop groups broke up or they get to a point where they're putting out stuff where I'm like, ah, this is not, I'm not that interested anymore. Or, you know, they all have periods of things like that. But, um, really like, yeah, the beastie boys have just always been there. And I mean, they always will be, unfortunately we won't get any more beastie boy stuff, but is what it is. I know. I, 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 I think that there are, there's there still are plenty of tracks that they've never released, and I don't know if they they will. But you know, I would love to hear whatever they have, even if it's unfinished shit. But yeah, check your head. Number one, Do you have any anything to to add for the for that album? I think I think we've wrapped it up. I think we've uh, you know said said what we need to say. Uh, killer. Killer shit. Killer dude. discography, killer group. Um, yeah. Yeah. So with that, it, uh, it, without further ado, <laughs> I said it again. Three, two, one. Yeah, yeah we, we did, did it! The Beast, there it the is. Beastie Boys. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's the end, the end, putting the... Yeah. <laughs> Um, I feel like we covered everything with this group. I don't know what else to say. And I, and that's, I'm I'm glad we finally got around to them because we've done a few other hip hop artists, but you know, you got to talk about the beastie boys and eventually we'll get to like run DMC and shit like that. But, um, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> this is just evolved that into was, me doing rock box. Yeah, it was rock box. <laughs> um, so yeah, 
Any any last thoughts for the audience for the peanut butter platypuses that have lasted this long? Trump. Mm, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's yeah. Go go listen to some Beastie Boys and uh, yeah. Really, just if you if you only if you're like Eddie and you only really know like fight for your right to party and that early shit, just. Listen to go check out Paul's boutique and check your head because they're just two completely unfuckwithable albums. And then if you like diversify them tastes, bruh, then yeah, then move on to the rest of their shit because it's all like there's there's quality shit on everything they've ever put out. And yeah, yeah, that's that's all I got to say about that. That's that's all she wrote. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, so that was that was Beastie Boys. Peanut butter platypus, if you're still here. Peanut butter platypus. Double peanut butter platypus, really, because not only have we, we we took a step away from like rock and metal again, but you've made it through the whole episode. So you are like the ultimate, like gold star peanut butter platypuses. Mm. And we appreciate it. Bing. Yeah, you all got gold stars. Um, I don't remember what's happening next week, but we'll be back next week for something. <laughs> I got to check our list and figure out what it is we're supposed to do it and then check my head. Because uh, it's not working very well. <laughs> anyway, without, that's a good segue. Yeah, I, I'm going to get the hell out of here because I, I don't know what my brain's going to do next. But as usual, I'm going to throw it over to Mr. Eddie Sparks to take us out. Sorry, young man. Don't mean to be rude. I'm going to just say later, dude. <laughs> it's just a little freestyle for you. I should. I, we should have. We should have. Uh, do 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 that again. Uh, okay. Sorry, young man, I don't mean to be rude. I'm going to say, later, later, dude. Dude, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be on time on the video. I just figured I could, I had to jump on for the last couple words, just like a Beastie Boys song. Okay, bye, everyone. Hell yeah. Yeah.